Blog Talk Radio. Hi, Psychic America. This is Tracy Brown coming to you today. Uh, what's today's date? Uh, June, June 20, June 28. Give me a second, guys, because my hair is, oh, shoot, a hot mess. Um, how's everyone today? Uh, hold on. So, how's everyone today? Uh, I went to go see my grandbaby today, and and I lost my earpiece. My uh, grandbaby, I think, took my earpiece. In it, so it makes you know how that makes it harder to here because your earpiece is not on attached well. Hi, Psychic America. I uh, lost connection there for a minute, and that happens sometimes, but thank God the way Blog Talk has set it up. Um, I don't lose any of my callers, so that's a good thing. Um, today is June, oh wait, June 28, 2014, and how's everyone today? How is everyone today? Got a lot of people up on the board today. Um, where am I? Got a lot of people up on the board today, which is, you know, all a good thing. Um, I guess we have a lot to discuss. I just wanted to be able to offer up that I did a read on um, Jennifer Aniston and Shia LaBeouf, and both of those readings were kind of depressing, I think. I think both of them were kind of depressing. So feel free to check out my YouTube channel um, at Pop Culture Psychic, or just Google Tracy Brown YouTube, blah, 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 blah. Psychic Tracy Brown, who knows? Um, and you'll be able to see it for yourself. But some of the readings, I think, were somewhat, somewhat depressing. Um, and with that being said, it gave some um, banter on Twitter that... Um, as it should. That's the whole purpose of all of this stuff is that we have some banter on Twitter. Um, but it looked to me like everyone was just a little bit either saddened or depressed by my findings. You know, I'm sorry about that, guys. I want to make sure that when I do these readings, the readings are not all negative. I want to remind everyone that when I do these readings, I am looking at the immediate outcome, the immediate outcome. And I'm doing it in terms of um, the infinite um, flavor, if that makes any sense. When you come in to do your own readings, I do the readings so that you empower yourself through the reading, if that makes any sense. So when you come in and you do your own readings, Good news or bad news, when you leave me, you've got some idea on how to move forward. Like, the one thing I get a lot in terms of feedback is, 
I feel so good now. Even though they may have come in to see, you know, if their breakup, you know, is it true? Is it, is, you know, it, it could be all kinds of things. So if, if you come inside and it's like, oh, my God, like this just happened and, you know, I look to see if this energy is permanent or not, um, it doesn't really make a difference because by the time you leave me, you get to understand why it happened, you know, where you're going, energetically, how you can move forward, pick up the pieces, pick, you know, pick up the broken pieces of you, you know, I help you to understand, you know, that you may have gave everything over to the to the other person, male or female, doesn't really matter, blah, blah, blah. Um, hold on a second. And with that being said, we have um, when you get your that's and that's the difference, by the way. Sometimes when we do personal readings that you pay for and readings that. Um, um, I do for celebrity. Hold on a second, because sometimes people text me celebrity um, outcomes. Remember, people, when I'm doing celebrity outcomes, sometimes it looks like it's bad news. It really does, but it really, really isn't. I'm just looking at where the next stage of that their answer is publicly, publicly. You know, these celebrities are not hiring me to look into their situation. That would be private. That would be personal. And it's at that point that I would give, like, oh, my God, be careful here. I would give warnings. I would give, you know, enlightenment. Well, this, you know, even though this is going to happen, it's going to, it may not feel good, but it's going to be an amazing experience in a long haul, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, Yesterday, when I was doing um, Shia LaBeouf and Jennifer Aniston, you know, the feedback, I, I, I kind of got hurt. For every, I felt everyone's hurt. And that, that was odd for me. That was odd for me. So, because we were looking at Jennifer Aniston, see if she ever get married. I forgot what I said, but it didn't look good. And then I was looking at it, and I said she had some father issues. And ironically, right after that, and... Uh, the responses on the internet, I then looked at um, the internet. And ironically, the internet said that she actually has problems with her mother, not her father, which I thought was odd. Then I thought about it again, and I was like, no, it's not odd. She still has problems with her father because she's not talking to her mother, which may have created the problem that she had it with her father in the first place. So she's switching out. So she's still not dealing with the problem. Um, and unfortunately, she's also one of those celebrities that's not, like, diving in to go back and fix this, because if she went back and fixed it, she actually may find that the problem is her dad. <laughs> But she doesn't want to deal with it, which is why she's siding with her dad and is now against the mom, which probably the dad has now set that up as revenge against the mom. That's what I'm thinking. Um, in any case, you know, I just want to remind everyone that when I do these readings, especially on celebrity outcomes, I, I'm not looking for the negative. Trust me. Like, that's not my game. 
my game is not to tear a celebrity down. I'm literally looking at what's going to happen so that when the media says this happened to so-and-so, I just go, ha-ha, predicted it. You know, there's no ulterior motive with me. There's no evil intentions with me. I want everybody to get that. Like, get that, get that. There's no evil intentions in terms of me doing a celebrity outcome. I literally tap in to see what the media is going to validate. That's it. And the only reason why I even do the celebrity hot topics is because I want people to know that I'm good. I want people to know that I stand, where I stand, you know, I, I dive in, I do it in a public forum, and I predict as accurately, accurately as I, not all my predictions have been accurate, and I'm okay with that too. <laughs> I'm human stars in any case. Um, so I'm going to say this last thing because I was kind of upset yesterday on Twitter. I'm really, really happy that Candy got married. <laughs> I'm happy for Candy of Real Housewives of Atlanta. But everybody remember, Candy built an empire by herself from the time she was 15, I think. And, and she's had some tragic events, like her last fiancé, you know, died on a sidewalk brawl and hit his head. Like, like, who can imagine going to, like, something like that, even though at the time they broke up, they weren't dating. He had, he had been her ex, but still, who can imagine going through something like that? And then to turn around and find love again, and some of the banter on Twitter was, like, going, like, way too far into her future, showing that, you know, she was still going to have some struggles. Personally, they, I don't care. Today, Candy's married. Candy's happy. And that's all I care about today. We'll look, you know, she's a public figure. We'll see her, you know, life. It'll be shown in public. We'll see it. But today, today, Twitter, I'm happy for Candy. I didn't want to get that out. My forum, I do what I want here. <laughs> With all that being said, let's welcome back Malcolm, the ordinary sports political guy. Hi, Malcolm. Hey, Tracy. How you doing? Bad. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. You sound pretty just good. Oh, well, thank you. I just finished watching the uh, Brazil-Chile match in the World Cup. Okay, hold on, hold on. I was watching, wait. Okay, hold on a second. So I left my house at 9 o'clock this morning, right? Yes. And it was on 9 o'clock this morning. Yes. Yeah, they just finished. Yeah, they, they went in the overtime because, you know, uh, when you get into the round of 16, which is where they're at right now, uh, mm-hmm. You can't have any ties because in the in the prior round you could tie and it would be the end of the game, but in this round there can be no ties. Somebody has to win, and so at the end of their regulation time, they were tied up, uh, and so okay. they went into extra minutes and they went through 30 minutes of extra time and they still remain tied. So they just finished a, a wild shootout where Brazil won uh, three goals to two. 
oh, the study must have been on fire. They must have been so going crazy. Oh, yeah, they were. I mean, because, of course, you know, the, the, the crowd was pro-Brazil. They had people from yes. Chile in the crowd. But, but oh, the they crowd had was, lots of Chile in the crowd, but the whole crowd was wearing yellow. <laughs> pretty much, yes. Uh, <laughs> yellow and green. But yellow and green. Well, they had on yellow tops, so that's what I was noticing in the crowd. But here's the thing, Malcolm. Are there like, any real rules in soccer? Like, it's so confusing to me. Oh, there's plenty of rules. It's you know, there's a, in fact the rules second that half make is, sense. No, Malcolm, rules that make sense. I don't get how you how like USA could tie. Oh wait, they lost. So USA lost, and they were still in the running. Well, that was in the earlier round. They were still in the running because in the earlier round it was about the number of points that you achieve and and. and the USA team barely actually made it in because, you know, in, in the grouping that they were in, you had to be one of the top teams, and they had tied Argentina, which was a, almost a victory for them because uh, – I'm, I'm sorry, Argentina, Portugal. But that was almost a victory for them because, you know, a lot of these other teams are very strong. The U.S. Isn't, wasn't expected to do well. Now, mind you, the U.S. is down in the round of 16 as well. And their next team that they play is Belgium. Uh huh. Belgium is a powerhouse, and um, I'm not a big soccer fan, but I, you know I look at at records and scores, and it doesn't look good for the U.S. going up against Belgium because Belgium really? is is yeah they have this player called the Beast, and it's going to be very yeah. difficult for the U.S. to I get past this team. I think that says a lot. I think so, if somebody's nickname is the Beast, that says a lot. Well, yeah, but, you know, now, now keep in mind, the U.S. has a very good team, you know, because all of the players on team play in international soccer or play in the, uh, the American Soccer League, so they're all very good themselves. It's just that they're going up against these powerhouse teams, and, you know, in, unfortunately, in their grouping in the, the final round of 16, they're running up against, you know, Belgium first. But let's say they get past Belgium. If they get past Belgium... They have their next game they would be going against would be the winner of Argentina and Switzerland. And that would be whoever wins that game would probably kill the United States. Oh, no. So, So. you know, it's just. But the fact that the United States even got into the round of 16 was, you know, kind of a victory because, you know, we're not one of the powerhouse teams out there, so. Yes, yes. You know, they did, they did well. They play on uh, July 1st, so. You know, okay, so that's next Tuesday. Yes. That gives them plenty of time to rest then. Yes, it does. Driving guys and plans. Huh? Resting helps. Oh, and you know what? Okay, resting helps. And then, um, oh, God, I should have, um, you know, I, I have a tough time with sports. But then I heard that um, some of the teens, Malcolm, are not allowed to have sex. Did you hear that? <laughs> I hadn't heard that, but, uh, you know. What? Well, that's actually a, a, an old 
an, an old kind of theory in all of sports, you know, you know, keep away from, you know, that kind of activity prior to doing whatever you're going to do, whether it be baseball, football, boxing, especially. But, you know, for every... I don't get it. For, I don't get, get it either, because uh, there are a lot of people <laughs> who feel just the opposite, and they want to go out and do things, so... I guess it just depends on you as the athlete how you feel about it. Because if I were an athlete and I thought I played better after having sex, I would go out and have sex. Because really it comes down to how you feel about playing, you know. So, you know, you want to put yourself in the best mindset as an athlete, which regardless of what sport you're in. And and if having sex makes you feel better, then I'm sure those athletes, regardless of what the team might want them to do, are going to do what's in their best interest because they're trying to perform at this, this, this high, that. high level. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so. Um. Okay. So, with that being said, saying on World Cup, I'm going to look up on the Internet, because there are several teams, by the way, that are not allowed to have sex, by the way. Several teams. Um, USA, by the way, is not one of them. Okay. Well, and again, I'm, I'm I would say, you know, because, you know, you know, you have teams made up of individual players, and, and I'm sure the players are going to try to follow the team rules. But, again, if you're one of these premier players and the team is saying don't do this and you know that it makes you – it puts you in a better frame of mind, players will sneak out and do whatever they need to do in order to be, you know, because they don't need to perform at this level. You only get one shot at this. You know, we're in a business right. around where when you fail, it's over. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. I get it. Right. So these guys, this is for all the marbles. This is like the Olympics of soccer. So they only they only do this once every four years, and it's, it's there's a lot of pressure on these guys to perform well. I mean, uh, yeah. After the after the game in Brazil, their star kneeled down on the on the field and started crying because it was that tough of a game and that close. Wow. Wow. So I don't know who said so, that or which teams aren't having sex, but, you know, I'm sure there's players on each of those teams that are saying, oh, no, I better, you know, for, for me, I need to go out and do this. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. But while I look it up, um, oh, is it? Is he from Uruguay? Your no, not oh the the um man eating um World Cup guy, the guy that likes to eat. Oh, the, the guy who 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 took the bite, you know? Yeah. Yes, the bite. Yes. The man eater. Yes. You wanna call him the man eater? <laughs> <laughs> okay. He likes to eat flesh. He likes to eat men. Well, he's literally, literally yeah, the man you know, eater. Like literally. When when you say mm-hmm. things like that, it sounds a little kind of weird. But um, good, good. I, that's my intentions, right? <laughs> you have to understand though that that um, how should I put this? All these players are looking for an advantage, and so. I'm sure he's not. He did it because he tried. He was trying to get advantage over the guy that he did it to, and not to excuse it, but it's. Oh God. I'm not trying to. You know what I'm trying to say is that he was hoping not to get caught, 
and he was hoping to distract the other player enough to where he could be successful. It's all just a ploy. Now, I think he was suspended for like nine games, which is a little excessive to me, but... Um, no, no, it's not too excessive. He ate someone. He didn't eat anybody. Oh, <laughs> he my God. He bit him on the shoulder. He bit him on the shoulder. Any of the, oh, my God. Have you seen any of the pictures on the Internet where they literally have him, like, biting down on a, a severed arm? I should have texted No, I didn't see that. It was hilarious. <laughs> I just saw, I actually saw the actual file that he committed, and, um, I mean, if you weren't looking closely, you probably would have missed it. But, of course, the other guy who got bit, he jumped up and started, like, looking, see, looking, see, so. Look um, at him. He's supposed to do that. He had his, like, shirt over, pulled down. He was trying to tell people, I just got bit. I, like, seriously, I don't know how many games, like, what type of sports that you don't turn around and punch that dude in the face, though. Like, I really was surprised. Well, okay, that, okay. Keep I in mean, mind, you in, get in, that? in most sports, keep in mind, in most sports, punching in the face will get you ejected, which is the last thing you want to have happen. Okay. You don't want to be the but guy have, who punches the other guy in the face. You want to alert the, the, the referees or the umpires or whoever's out there to what happened. But you don't want to retaliate, and, and, and it is difficult not to retaliate because when you're you know, playing yes. at a level like that, it's easy to turn around and hit the other guy. However, when you hit the other guy, you remove yourself from the competition, and that's not what anybody wants to do. And that's exactly what he did. He did the right thing. Yes. Did the right thing. Just showed the thing. So it's... Anyway. But, but, but in basketball, they fight all the time. In baseball, they fight all the time. Uh, basketball, they don't fight all the time. They, basketball, basketball, they used to fight it, and they, they, oh. the league has sort of kind of outlawed it. So right now, they, it, it's just, they don't want anything bad to happen out there So you because know, these guys are too big. So what basketball has enforced, it's enforced a lot of rules, and one of the rules is that if you're on the bench and a fight starts, if you actually put a foot on the floor, you're suspended for the um, next game. You know, they're very quick to react, and, and anybody who throws a punch is suspended. I mean, it goes fast, and they're heavily fined, too. So there's a lot of incentive for these guys not to fight in the NBA. Oh. Football doesn't quite have that same thing going on, but they also don't want the guys to fight, so, you know, they also can get you know thrown out of the game, and, you know, but – Maybe not suspended. It just depends on the severity. Oh, okay. So I haven't that, seen. <laughs> yeah, the only um, league that kind of still allows it really to go on is hockey. <laughs> but it's only like one-on-one fights. They don't. They don't allow like you know group fighting. You know, well, actually, there will be groups, but it's all, well, all one-on-one. I've seen hockey where both teams go at it. Well, yeah, but see, but if you notice in hockey. They're all one-on-one fights, you know. It's not like uh, an all-out brawl. It's just, you know, each player is squared up against another player, and, and any advantage that's taken, that fight is quickly stopped. Um, I was gonna say, oh, so let's talk about Mexico and the World Cup. Where's, do you know when the next day Mexico is going to play? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. What was that? Mexico and the World Cup, do you know the next time Mexico is going to play? 
Well, let's see. Because uh, California is pro-Mexico, like to the point where, like, LAPD needs to be on tactical alert for the next time that they play because Mexico, they're crazy right now. They're like, and like I saw some of the posts on Facebook and some of my um, friends on Facebook, like even they said they just won a game. They didn't win the World Cup. They won a game. Like, relax. (laughs) Well, yes. Um, but Mexico, they're 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 a pretty good team. So and you know, of course, they for are. the country of Mexico, they actually love their team. Yes, but you can't so, blame them. You can't blame them. I mean, when the Lakers win, you know, the whatever. What's the thing that the Lakers like when, when NBA when you at the end of the season? What's that? Thing that you win. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, ask that question again. What's the um, for NBA when you win the whole series? What is that called? The championship. Doesn't it have a the better NBA name than the championship? Oh, that's the NBA championship. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it had a better name than that. Well, when well, the Lakers win the NBA championship. California, they put cars on fire. We, we're nuts out here. Well, you know, the, the truth of the matter is a lot of places are nuts about their sports teams. So it's kind of like, it's just kind of what happens. Can I tell you something, Malcolm? We do not do that in New York. You were going to, okay, no. say what, what? <laughs> we don't... <laughs> We don't act that way in New York. We're happy. Don't don't get me wrong. We're happy, but why are we, like, I don't understand burning somebody's random car that happens to be in the vicinity outside of, you know, Madison Square Garden. Like, that's not going to happen. So I'm always shocked at some of the things I see go on in California. Well, California, but I guess my point is California is not alone. I can't speak to what New York does. You know, I've only visited the place a couple of times, so I, I can't really say. But I, I do know that other areas, other municipalities, when their sports teams win, sometimes people get a little, you know, a little too happy. Too happy. Too happy. Mm-hmm. Did you find out with Mexico playing next? Were you able to find that? I'm looking at it. Oh, they play on the 29th, which is tomorrow. Okay. And they play the Netherlands. Okay. All right. So I'll be pro-Mexico because i got a lot of Mexican friends, so I'll be pro-Mexico. Guess that's a good reason to be pro-Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any friends in Netherlands, but I've got a lot of friends from Mexico, so I'll be rooting for Mexico. Listen, switching back and forth, we can get off the World Cup. Um, I just want to say that the NBA had their um, draft pick 
Yes, they did. They had the NBA draft on, I think, Thursday of the day. Malcolm, can I ask you why, like, for football, it seems as though their draft pick is big, big, big news to me. Maybe I missed something because I don't have, like, all the sports channel, but football's draft is huge. It's just a big deal to me. Um, and I didn't, understand. I didn't well. get that feeling. To you as well. Okay, because you're football. You're a football guy. Yeah, I'm more of a football fan than anything else. So it's the, the NFL draft is a bigger deal to me. I, you know, I'm more interested in that. The NBA draft, I'm somewhat interested just because I follow sports. And, you know, of course, you know, because I live in Los Angeles, you know, my primary team will be the Lakers, followed by the Clippers. And I was, just, you know, I was more interested in who the teams I would, I would be interested in had picked up. Because, you know, I'm, I'm not a big college basketball fan. Right? I'm aware of who the players are, but not, like, really up. So. Yes, yes. But my question to you is, is there a reason why, like, football is such a big deal to draft and I didn't feel that same fever with the NBA draft? Well, I think a lot of that has to do with just the the, the overall popularity of the leagues. And, and Now, the NBA is a very popular league, but uh, in comparison to football, I think football has more fans. Really? Huh. So I think that's why it's it's more of a big deal. And, I mean, the, the NFL was the first league to, to start up its own network, right? So they have the NFL network, and it's a big deal. And oh, okay. so the NFL promotes itself very well. And not that the NBA doesn't promote itself, but mm-hmm. the, the NFL, you know, it, it, it promotes itself probably better than any other professional league in the United States. Mhm, mhm. So, with that being said, the NBA had their draft pick, and there was a young kid, um, Daya, who Are they awesome? Okay, you you could teach me. I I just know that. Um, I guess his name is Isaiah Austin, but yes. I'm assuming you're talking about the kid who uh, days before the draft, you know, in pre-draft uh, medical exam revealed that he had Markham syndrome and, you know, it basically ruled him out the ability to play professional sports, you know, because they don't want him dying on the floor. But... And Markham syndrome, do you know what that is and how debilitating? Um, I'm assuming it's debilitating. My understanding is it, it's uh, your, your cells don't develop properly, so you know you, you, on your body you'll show a lot of stretch marks. Uh, but basically, mm. you know his heart isn't isn't up to standard. Now, mind you, this boy has been playing basketball all his life, very tall kid. Yeah. And when you're yeah. playing basketball, it's, you know he played at the college level, and he's you know they put you through a lot of stuff in that. And now, mind you. He didn't pass out and die during that. And so I guess it's only by the grace of God that he didn't because he does have this syndrome and he could have died at any moment. Mm, God. So, and mm. there have been players who've had this and have died. 
Okay. Okay. With the same kind of syndrome. Huh? What? (laughs) I said kind of a downer, huh? No, 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 no. I mean, I think it needs to be talked about. I mean, because I think the um, commissioner, I think he was amazing in... Didn't he draft like? Didn't he draft him onto a team anyway? Well, no. What he did was he drafted him into the NBA. So they held a special thing. They invited him down to the uh, the draft, and then you know they called his name and brought him up on stage. And you know it was, it was a pretty stand up moment for the NBA to do that. Mm-hmm. Because by all, all accounts, this is a good kid, and it's just it's it's a bad luck thing for him. Yeah, yeah. Be interesting to see what he does with the rest of his life, regardless. Well, you know, the, the school he goes to has already, uh, you know, they're going to make sure that he finishes school, and then they're going to um, put him on their coaching staff. That's the start of what they're going to do. Oh my God! Good for him. All right, that makes me really happy. See, there's an upside. That makes me really happy. Well, that's good. <laughs> so, um, Debbie uh, just tweeted me, and she wanted to know, Malcolm, what you thought about LeBron. What do I think about LeBron? LeBron James is the best player in the league, uh, hands down. And he's he, now what he did was he opted out of his contract, which means that he has the ability to. Talk to you, talk to other teams. That's not to say that he's going to leave Miami. I think that's still up in the air, and I think for somebody to lure him away from Miami, I don't know if it's all about the money for LeBron because he has plenty and he's making more than anybody else. So I think. Okay, see what happened in the NBA uh, Finals this year is that Miami lost to a. Uh, to the San Antonio Spurs. The San Antonio right. Spurs is a, is a team in a, in, in a mm-hmm. team concept. So, you know, they have stars, but they, there's no one star that stands out on their team as opposed to the Miami uh, Heat, whereas, without a doubt, LeBron James carried that team the whole year. He, he put them on their back, and he carried them into the NBA Finals. Without LeBron James, right. Miami is nothing. Wow. I thought there was... I thought there was a few people in Miami that makes a difference. There are a few people in Miami, but there's nobody in comparison to LeBron James. I mean, you got Dwayne Wade, who played hurt most of the year. Um, you have uh, Chris Bosh, who's, I mean, arguably one of the best big men in, in the league. But, and again, we're talking about LeBron James here. <laughs> LeBron yeah. James is, I mean, there was a time where they were saying Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, the best player in the league. Kobe's been hurt, so... LeBron James is just such a man out there, a man among boys, that it's just, I, I don't even know how to say it. It's just, he's the best. And, I mean, he seems to be, you know, like some of these guys seem to be egomaniac-like. He doesn't seem to be yeah. that. He seems to be a, a good teammate. And he wants his team to do better. It's just that, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, like what happened with Miami is that, from last year to this year, they lost some of their key reserves. So, you know, not all of them, because they still had a lot of guys that were still there, you know. Uh, but it's just right. that 
when they when they got to the finals this year, they ran up against the juggernaut and and the San Antonio Spurs, who they had beat last year. They thoroughly drubbed the, the San Antonio Spurs last year, but San Antonio went back to the drawing board and they came back and they were a very difficult team to play against and, and they have a lot of good players of their own and you know it, it's it's hard to go against that team conduct plus they got one of the better coaches in the league and I, I'm a big big believer that you know as your coaching goes that's how your team goes so mm, you know if you okay. have a really good coach and a really good team you know you have a a, a much better chance as opposed to uh, teams that don't have such good coaches because there are so many teams out there that um, they miss it on they miss on the coach they, they're, they're talented across the board but their coach is not really the best so right so honestly I I thought with the Lakers this year that or Lakers for the past three years that's been their problem you know they have not had the best coaching. Now, mind you, these coaches aren't bad. It's just they were the wrong coaches for this team. And the the Lakers have yet to name a coach. And and now, mind you, they just had the draft. And the Lakers actually picked up a pretty good kid in the draft. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the problem is we still don't have a coach. And, you Mm. know, and they've been – They've been interviewing various players, and Byron Scott's been high on the list, and he might not be a bad pickup because, you know, he's shown to be a pretty decent coach in this league. But they need to find somebody who's going to fit within their system or, or, or make their system work better because – Well, the I think they actually have to find somebody that Kobe likes. And, see, I don't think they have to find somebody that Kobe likes. They need to find I'm somebody joking. that could – I'm well, I know A lot of people feel that Kobe is uncoachable, but <laughs> – He's a problem. No, I don't feel that way. I think Kobe Bryant's one of the better players in the league, and, and had he, he not is. been hurt, he would have still been able to show it. It's just, you know, again, the last two guys the, the Lakers hired as coaches, now, mind you, they were following up Phil Jackson, so that's a very difficult act to follow. Phil Jackson being know, one of the better coaches going, in the league. And he is going to the Knicks, right? He is already the, the uh, yes, he's in charge of the Knicks, basically. Right. And you're saying that there hasn't been anyone for the Lakers since him. Well, the Lakers, when, when, when Phil Jackson stepped down, they hired Mike Brown, who was formerly the coach of the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. I liked Mike Brown, though. What was the problem with him? He didn't fit the system. I was going to say something a little more. He didn't work time. out. He, he wasn't the right coach for the Lakers. You know. Okay. And I'm a big again. I'm a big believer in, in quality coaching. And the problem I have with Mike Brown is Mike Brown never really won in the league. I mean, he did okay when he had LeBron James, but you know he did what every other coach that had LeBron James has done. They milked LeBron James, and you know they, they were never able to create this team concept. And that's what you have to create in order to win in the NBA, a team concept. And mm-hmm. you can have, every team has stars. So mm-hmm. you have to figure out a way for your team to play and be successful. One guy is not going to do whatever. And the league has shown that over and over and over again. I mean, if you think back I mean, to when Michael Jordan was in the... Uh-huh. Huh? Michael, no, finish up. When, when Michael Jordan was in the league, it, the, the mm-hmm. first seven, eight years, 
they were, you know, even though Michael Jordan was the standout best player, they lost mm-hmm. first round, second round every year. It wasn't until they got the right coaching. Well, actually, they had the right coaching. They fired the guy they had prior to Phil Jackson's name was Doug Collins, good coach. And he had built the team up, and, you know, and they were on the cusp. So when Phil Jackson came in, they already had all the pieces in place. They had Scottie Pippen. They had Horace Grant. They had B.J. Armstrong, mm. Steve Curry. Uh, or Matt, they, I'm sorry, they didn't have Steve Curry at the time. They had uh, John Paxson's brother, Jim Paxson. Mm-hmm. No, John, no, they had John Paxson. So anyway, the bottom line is the, the Bulls had all these players in place. It wasn't just the Michael Jordan show at that point. It was a team game. And mm. they, went on, they went on to win three straight finals. Michael retired after his dad got killed, and they were out for a couple. But while Michael was gone, the team still was very successful. And then when Michael came back, they, they went on to win three more titles back to back to back. So right. it's all about team. You've got to have a team. One guy is not going to do it for you. And the problem with Miami is LeBron is such a dominant player that a lot of times his teammates will sit back and it looks like they're almost watching like with everybody else. <laughs> like, wow, look oh, at this guy. He's, he's amazing. But that's but not to say that's what said, they're doing. But, it's still a really good, but with that being said, it's still a really good team. So, Miami need have he, a lot of good players. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, because we have – because the league is like it is and there, there's always you're always going to have players that are going to be opting out of their contracts, players that are going to free agency. Your team is, mm-hmm. is in a constant state of flux from year to year. So mm-hmm. it's going to depend on who comes back, and primarily it's going to depend if LeBron James comes back because Le- Miami without LeBron James is a totally different team. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. Now, mind you, we have a lot of other free agents on the market right now, and, you know, Big name among them is Carmelo Anthony from the New York Knicks. Oh, really? Because he huh. told his team that he's also opting out. So, you know, and, and there's been huh. some some scuttlebutt that that because LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony are friends. They go back to when they were teenagers. They've been friends for a long oh. time. Okay. So there's this idea that they might want to go someplace together. You know, I know okay, okay. So that brings up that brings words. up the next big question. Okay. But that I'm sorry, I, I'm interrupting you because that brings up the next next big question from Desi. Where do you think LeBron wants to go? And now that you mentioned Carmelo Anthony as a couple, where do you think they want to go? Oh, I have no idea. I, if I could read their minds, I'll go to Vegas and put money on it. But I I have no idea. I mean, because it. With these guys, they've made so much money. It, to me, it's not all about the money. And so you'd you have to kind of get into their heads, and, and I, I would be remiss to even pretend that I could. I mean, they, I have no idea where they're going to go. I mean, truthfully, LeBron might have to stay in Miami. Miami, from I've never been, seems like a nice place to live. So, uh, mm-hmm. But earlier, okay, a couple of weeks ago, LeBron James' wife... Huh? I said the, the politics in Miami, in Florida sucks, but it would be a, I think well, yeah, but I mean, nice when you're living on the beach and you are got more money than you can ever count, the politics mm. might not be that important. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But now LeBron James' wife had put out on Instagram uh, several weeks ago a picture of, you know, because they're, they're from Ohio. And right. 
she had put something about Akron, Ohio out there, which is not too far from Cleveland. And, you know, people were speculating, well, that's maybe where LeBron James wants to go back to Cleveland. I mean, okay. he's basically so the hometown boy. Well, huh? Help me out a little bit. Isn't this, because, you know, I'm not sports-oriented, but, you know, certain things come into my head, so I don't know if I'm saying the right thing. Wasn't it LeBron that Ohio was hoping to get, and then he chose Miami, and then Ohio got really, really mad at him? Well, no. When LeBron James came into the league, he was the mm-hmm. first pick for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They had a, they were a, he was a lottery pick. He was the first player chosen that year in the draft. And he played for Cleveland for like eight years. And he took them into the playoffs. But the problem in Cleveland, again, Mike Brown was his coach at the time. They could never get past, you know, second, third round. They, 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 you know, they would get to the playoffs because, again, LeBron James has always been a phenomenal player. But, you know, without that team around them, they were never able to get over the hump. And so when, when LeBron James was able to become a free agent at that point, he chose the Miami Heat because, you know, he had a relationship with Dwayne Wade, and, and then they taught Chris Bosh in the coming, too, and so you turned into mm. you turned the Miami Heat, which was just an okay team at the time, into this uh, powerhouse because now you added LeBron James and Chris Bosh. Mm. Here we are four years later, and so it's now we're looking at, you know, the time of LeBron and Lee. Uh-huh. And Carmelo Anthony may may follow. They may create the same thing. He might. I mean, there's been there's been an idea that he might join. But see now, the the, the problem with that would be, um, the payroll because you know the teams are in order for the league to be somewhat equal, the league has instituted salary caps on the team. So one team can't just have every player. Right. It makes it difficult. Right. You just can't pay them. So in order for Miami to acquire somebody like a Carmelo Anthony, mm-hmm. they would have to get rid of somebody else. So that might mean that Chris Bosh has to leave. That might mean that Dwayne Wade has to leave. You know what I'm saying? No. No. Oh, my God. So, but the, but the other thing that I look at with LeBron James and and – Carmelo Anthony is basically they're similar. You know, they play the same position, so you know I don't know if it's a good fit for them to even be on the same team. I mean, you have two stars at the same position. You kind of want stars that you know it would be better if one of them was a guard or a center, you know, instead of a forward. But you know, they're kind of they're kind of the same guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what position is that again? Forward. And you know, and they're also the primary scorer on their team. So for them to play on the same team, like like for example, if, if Carmelo Anthony came to the Lakers, which has been one of the the words out there on the street, and you know they, they say that Kobe's been trying to you know talk him into it. Uh, if he were to come to the Lakers, well, Kobe is a guard, Carmelo Anthony is a forward. You put you know that way you have you know accommodating players on your team. You don't want to say you don't want the same position. You know, because you're not going to put the two forwards on the team, you know, because only one guy can have the ball. Right, right. So, again, you want players of different positions to excel, which is, you know, go back to a team like San Antonio. They did well because they have a well-rounded team. They have 
a number of forwards that are really, really good, a number of guards that are really, really good. And mm-hmm. and even though Tim, uh, Tim Duncan is listed as a four, he's really kind of a center. So. Could Carmelo Anthony choose to take another position if they were to team up on the same team? It doesn't work like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Basketball is a five-on-five game, so um, you kind of got to line up. You got to play other teams. I mean, you know, and again, you can have them both on the court, and they could both play together. I mean, we watch that in the Olympics all the time, um, mm-hmm. and have played together. You know, the problem mm-hmm. is, you know, they're usually the guy for their team, and and, and while the Olympics is a a great opportunity to see our stars all play together, which these guys mm-hmm. all have played. Together. Uh, yes, and one gold medal. It, it's to put it to put them on the same team in the league. That's why the Chris Boss, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade thing worked out so well because you had these guys from different positions who could play off of each other. I see. I mean, not that, and I'm not saying that LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony won't go to the same team. It's a possibility if if they're both free agents. It could happen. Don't get it wrong. It could happen, but. You know, you got to keep in mind that you have to have a team that's going to have the ability to pay them and stand their salary cap because, you know, there's a luxury tax in the NBA and in the NFL, for that matter, that if you go over payroll, the team is severely hit financially by the league and they have to pay fines. Mm. Tax. Mm. They do pay taxes. Not a fine, but it's a tax, but it's, it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll see. Only time will tell. What you think? I said only time will tell. And when will we know? Now that you put it that way. When he chooses. I don't know sport. <laughs> no. Well, well, okay. So when does the, the NBA, season begin officially? The NBA season starts in October. So there's a you know we have a short window after the NBA playoffs for and so for a guy like LeBron who played all the way up into June. You know, it was a long year for him. And, you know, so he's taking a little time and thinking about it. And, you know, the teams start going to training camp um, in September. So, you know, certainly before then. But Okay, um, so sometime in September. I mean, September. He, can, he can announce t- tomorrow, but he could also wait until in August. You know what I'm saying? He, he could... Now, mind you, whoever he chooses or whoever he doesn't choose, say he decides to leave Miami, the longer he waits to tell them, the harder it is for them. But I was also reading somewhere that, um, just going back and forth between LeBron and Carmelo, that Phil Jackson wanted Carmelo to take less money to stay at the Knicks? Probably. (laughs) And only because the Knicks are kind of overextended, you know, because they have a lot of players, and, and if, he, if he could convince Carmelo to take less, maybe they could lure somebody else to the Knicks because everybody's looking for that next advantage. Everybody wants to build. I mean, not everybody, because there are some teams that apparently don't want to build, but, you know, yeah. um, you, you, you're trying to get multiple good players under contract, and um, I'm sure Phil Jackson is trying to build a winner. I mean, he played on the Knicks when he was a player, and, you know, they hired him to bring back the glory days to the New York Knicks, and 
you know, if if he can give, convince Carmelo to take a little less money and bring in somebody else with that with the money that they have, you know, you put multiple good players on the floor, you have a chance now. Um, the Knicks have tried to hire Steve Kerr as a coach, and I don't know if they've picked up a coach yet. I have looked that well, up. Right. What is Phil Jackson then? Is Phil Jackson executive or is he a coach? What's, yes. what's his title over there? Uh, I think he's the executive vice president in charge of wow. operations. So he basically wow. runs the team. He gets to pick who the uh-huh. coach is. Uh, he gets to pick the players. Mm-hmm. And, oh, no, he, no, he's, no, he's not the vice president. He's the president. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing when just a couple of years ago he was being lured to come back to the coach after Mike Brown, and they screwed him over. Well, because, well, part of the problem is, uh, from what I understand, he wanted a lot of money, and he wanted more decisions in the uh, front office. He wanted to be able to pick players. Okay. So this position with the Knicks gives him all of that control, ironically. Except he doesn't have the coach. Except he doesn't have the coach. Exactly. That's amazing. So. So right now we're not sure where LeBron is going. No. And Carmelo does not want to lose. I can tell you, it doesn't seem like they want to lose. The Knicks does not want to lose Carmelo. Well, the thing about Carmelo Anthony is that he's a free agent. So, of course, the Knicks do not want to lose him, but if, if he does, he's already out there out of his contract. So when he informed the New York Knicks that he was opting out, there's not a whole lot the Knicks can do about it. I mean, they can try to woo him, but it's, he's already been there. And I think with Carmelo, he's tired of being the main guy on a team that's not going anywhere. And it doesn't mm-hmm. look like the Knicks will be going anywhere in the near future because they kind of are over the cap and they – they got a lot of these players, and it, it's just it hasn't worked out for them. Now, mind you, um, they had a coach, and they who they fired. His name was uh, Mike Woodson. I thought Mike Woodson was a good coach, but mm-hmm. apparently the team felt that they they needed a change. But I don't. They haven't found anybody to take his place yet. I think. Okay, I'm going to get off sports real quick, Malcolm. Okay. And I I know you saw the movie Think Like a Man too. Yeah, I did. And it made $30 million, so it was the number one box grossing for that weekend. Congratulations yeah. to all the actors that were in that particular movie, Steve Harvey. I, I, I happen to like Steve Harvey. I think he's amazing. I think he's country and he talks country, but I adore Steve Harvey, and I'm very proud of his success. What did you think of the movie? Yeah. See, you're um, not crazy about Steve Harvey, are you? I, well, you know what? I'm not a fan of his comedy. I, I think he's uh, what he's done business-wise has been phenomenal. Um, yeah. You know, this, you know, good point. He's He's expanded himself to a point that he's he's making a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. He was able to write this book, which I, you know, whether the book is valid or not, that's for other people to decide. Uh, but 
he, he was able to take that book and turn it into this movie franchise and make a lot of money doing it. So you got to give him points mm-hmm. for that. I mean, he's mm-hmm. got his talk show. He's got uh, the game show, and he also has his radio show in the morning. He's a very busy man. He's, again, making a lot of money. So in yeah. that respect, you got to give him a lot of props. So, I mean, if you think, if you ask me if I think he's funny, well, I would say no, but I'm sure he wouldn't <laughs> care either because he has a lot of money. So, okay. but anyway, what, what, I, what I thought about the movie is I yeah. thought the movie, uh, it's like a lot of things that go on in Hollywood. In, in Hollywood, if a movie makes money, the first thing they do is sign up to make a sequel, and I don't think that's the best idea for the storyline. So when they did this movie, with that said, when they did this movie, the first one worked because they were kind of giving you lessons from the book. You know, you know, this is what, you know, women, this is what you should be doing. This is how you should be thinking. They tried to follow mm-hmm. it up with but But because there was really no follow-up for the lessons, it, it kind of was just Kevin Hart giving his dialogue. And, you know, again, Kevin Hart's a funny guy, so... You know, the movie was entertaining on that level. And, and of course, I like all the actors and actresses, you know. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, we live in that land of beautiful Hollywood. So, you know, mm-hmm. all the women are beautiful. All the guys are, you know, mostly handsome. It, it, it works. It's a nice romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say but, Kevin Hart is the most handsome dude, but he he's hilarious. Um, all of the women are beautiful. So, And they seem to be kind of more beautiful in this movie. It, it's I won't argue that They all up the ante. They seem to be physically fit and like extremely beautiful, the women. I won't argue that point. I, I just, you know, <laughs> what can you say? They're all beautiful women. I mean, it's just, but that's right. Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood is about beautiful people. Look across the board. It doesn't matter what race and nationality you pick. They're all beautiful, mm-hmm. mostly. 99.9% mm-hmm. of the uh, those actors and actresses that you see they roll out, they're just freaking gorgeous. <laughs> so, they are. You know, very easy to look at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what I was and, saying about sequels is, is you, I just read this morning that uh, they're signing to do a sequel to Pacific Rim, right? Now, um, Pacific Rim Pacific, was a... Huh? What's Pacific Rim? Pacific Rim was you, a... a, a Wait, uh, a, a, a big, a high, it was, it was very, uh, I'm sorry, I got lost no, my turn. No, no. Pacific Rim was, this block, it was no, supposed to be a blockbuster. It's been a lot of money to make it, right? Hello? No, hold on, Malcolm, give me one second. Okay. Back to it. First, what is Pacific Rim? What movie is that? 
this was a movie that was that came out in 2013. It was a uh, Guillermo del Toro movie, uh, directed movie, right? And I like Pacific oh. Rim, but it, it never made the movie they wanted it to make. Okay, hold on a second. Pacific Rim is that about military? Is it about basketball? No, it's about sea creatures coming up through the ocean, and, and the world's response to this is that they build these giant robots to fight these sea creatures. Oh, it's an apocalyptic it's kind of like, movie. Uh, it's kind of along the lines of like a Godzilla type of thing. Like, yeah. Uh, you know. Oh, wait a second. So did you see Godzilla? Yes, I saw Godzilla. Okay, Malcolm, I saw Godzilla. Um, I was, I was disappointed in Godzilla. Like, really? I, I said, "Oh my God!" Please don't tell me you love Godzilla. It was actually, it was actually very well made. Uh, what did, what did you like about it? Oh my God! I thought it was horrible. I was so confused. What? I was, everything was horrible. Well, I didn't get What? I, I will say a lot of people probably disagree with you because it made a lot of money, but um, and from yeah. my understanding, a lot of the critics thought that it was pretty decent as well. So, um, but oh my god, you know, but that's why they make movies. It does everything doesn't appeal to everybody. But here's the thing, Malcolm. I would say that the hype for Godzilla was big. People did spend their money. I think once they got in, they were like, "Oh my god, like what is this? This is crap." I thought it was crap. I didn't get the whole Mothra type of birds in the in the air against Godzilla. Godzilla, in his like, trying to save the world, I think he killed a lot of people. And even in the end, like on a captain, like CNN, they have the letters, and they'll go, Monster saves the world. And as they do that, Godzilla's literally walking over the highway, killing cars, killing people, going back into the sea. I, right? Did you see that? <laughs> Did you see oh, that part? <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw the movie, so <laughs> yeah, I saw <laughs> I was sitting in a theater going, I don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot to say for you not getting that. Like I say, it was very well received. They they made a lot of money. Uh, I can see they'll probably try to make a sequel to that as well. But I anyway, so will. the reason I the reason I brought up uh, Pacific Rim because Pacific Rim cost two hundred million dollars to make. Now worldwide, it earned about four hundred million, a little more, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, it didn't make the money they thought it was going to make, especially based on how much it cost to make. Because all the CGI stuff costs money and you know, it's hard to, to, you know, when you when you make a movie about giant robots, you don't have a lot of CGI. You just you just are. So, um, but anyway, they signed to do a, a sequel, and to me, it, it's kind of odd because it, again, it didn't make the kind of money they thought it was going to make. But you know, that's that's Hollywood. Mhm. So. So. So you're saying that there is a Pacific Rim 2 or there isn't? I'm still getting confused. They signed to make Pacific Rim 2, yes. They have signed to make Pacific Rim 2. Now, okay. 
course, if they're just signing for it, it probably will show up around um, 2016, 2017. Okay. All right. All right. So the bottom line is, I think I – are you eating? Are you eating? Am I eating? Yeah. No. Oh, I'm not eating. I heard I, – I, you know, I, I had to walk down my stairs because somebody rang my doorbell. It was the mailman. Oh, so the, the stairs sound, sounded like um, crunching. Um, I was going to say No, something. that was walking. Oh, no. <laughs> um, you, you know that right now I'm into apocalyptic type of movies because I don't know if I told, you know, you know, my listeners, because I believe that, oh, something else I have to talk to you about. I believe that these movies will help us to survive, blah, 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 if something were to come, right? And remember, Korea, talking about movies, Korea is really, really pissed at us right now. North Korea, South Korea, South Korea. Did you hear about that movie that's coming out right now? Where, um, I think they're trying to kill the... Um, it's a joke. It's a comedy. The uh, yeah, the, Sinyang, James, the James Franco, the James Franco and yeah. Seth Rogen movie. <laughs> yes. And the leader of South Korea, right? Was yes. South Korea, North, no, North, North South Korea. Korea. North Korea. The leader of North, North Korea, Korea was was like, it's an act of war if this movie comes out, which is even more hilarious. Which is. Which is why some well, people think movies about these guys. That, that that guy is, you know, North Korea is one of the most isolated countries on the planet. Yes. And mm-hmm. you know, so the the leader of North Korea, his dad was the leader before him, and they're both like these kind of. They're crazy. I don't want to. And they're I don't want to say jokes, but kind of jokes. And you okay. know, they're constantly, they're constantly okay. posturing against the West and threatening and. Threatening yes. South Korea, uh, so yes. so so here you get James Franco and Seth Rogen making a movie. Now, mind you, if you've ever seen any of their movies, <laughs> they have a lot guys. of fun. They, they're gonna they're making they jokes, and so so they're doing this. And you know, at the end of the day, if I were the the dictator in charge of North Korea, it's probably better just to sit down and shut up about this. It's, you know, the Seth Rogen, James Franco movie, really not, it, honestly, how far is it really going to go? You know, he probably gave him more publicity by saying it's an act of war. So now people are like, yeah, I've got to see this movie, where half the people probably wouldn't have seen it in the first place. Exactly. They actually said that on the news. They're like, I think Sony may have made the movie, and they're like, free publicity. We don't have to work and pay money for this one. Uh, you do so Yes. <laughs> I mean, so not, that, not that Franklin and Rogan aren't big enough actors to sell. It's just that, you know, this movie, they kind of did it. They're, they're having fun. So mm-hmm. it wasn't anything that was highly publicized until the president of North Korea said that it's an act of war. So, And that, that in itself is hilarious. Yeah, it's a little crazy. But but authentically so, he is crazy. I mean, he killed his uncle and he killed 
some other woman. I don't know if it was his girlfriend or something. It's so weird. I mean, he really is crazy. You know, well, he, he likes being a dictator. I, I think he's glad his father died because now he gets to rule the world. And so he's he's on he, it. No, he gets to he gets to rule North Korea. He's not going to rule the world. <laughs> That's not well, going to happen. I I agree. I agree. I just think his mentality is like I just rule the world. You know, like whatever. Well, and how old is he? Is he in his twenties? Isn't he a young guy? No, he's not in his twenties, but he's not that old. I'd say he's probably mid thirties. So, Malcolm, uh, I'm going to add movies to your list because I know you're a big movie buff. So I'm going to add that as some of the topics that we can talk about. Feel free. You know, you're right. I do watch a lot of movies, probably more than the average bear. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised you didn't like Godzilla. That's, that's kind of a trip to me. Malcolm, one day I will readdress Godzilla and I will point out every single part that didn't make sense in the movie. Well, you could say that about every movie. I mean, you know. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm talking yes, about the apocalyptic movie where he's and, and like. Tracy, mm-hmm. if you go on YouTube, there's a, one of the YouTube channels. That's all they do. They point out every movie that pretty much known to man. They probably they they point out all of the the plot flaws and and, and they make jokes I about it. I would love that. I, I were you the one that told me was it two guys or something that does? Somebody told me something. Oh, I don't know who does it, but but you know you know they start off you know it's like they give you the synopsis of the movie in two minutes, right? And uh-huh. why. What happens in the movie couldn't work, or you know where they messed up, and 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 I've seen it. I've seen them do it for pretty much every big blockbuster that I've seen, and I mean they have their points. It's funny, but you know that doesn't erase the enjoyment of the movie. I mean, if it's done in a funny way, I would love to like watch something like that. But you know, romantic comedies, I don't, I don't pick them apart. Eat, pray, love. I didn't pick it apart. I'm sure there was many things to pick apart. Godzilla That's my point. Apart. It was you so unrealistic. What? Godzilla? Godzilla was the worst. It was the worst. It's I a fantasy whole... movie. Of course it's unrealistic. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. That's not so what I'm Spider-Man saying. Spider-Man and Superman. And you know, they're all unrealistic. Now, okay. It's a fantasy. Malcolm, listen. Malcolm. Okay. I, it was something... Uh, Malcolm, it was so bad. And then it was there was a part where the husband and the wife and the and the child, where the wife was a nurse. Do you remember that part? And then they, and then in the end, they all got back together. It was just stupid. Even that, that was like that wasn't a love story. And in the, in the end, they all got back together, but nobody was dirty. Everybody else was dirty, but the main you know characters were nice and clean, including the little boy. I'm like, are you serious right now? Godzilla just annihilated the city. How did these three people come out clean? Like, it, it was crazy. I was not happy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it made a lot of money, so. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. It, it, it did well. And then the, the couple, everybody separates. The, the mom, the mom sends her son off with some stranger on the bus, who does that? Who does that? You know? And then they all reunite at the end. It didn't make sense. I was like, what? They 
Because because Hollywood likes happy endings. So, you know, we don't want to kill off the little kid or the mom. That would probably not go Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, that's the other thing. The mom sends the kid off with God knows who. Somehow some Asian dude comes into the picture and, like, adopts him for, like, five minutes into the movie. They get stuck on this tram. I think no, it was you're thinking about, you know, you're thinking about the... the uh, who actually was the main character of the movie? The the the, no. the Asian the Asian family the Asian family at the Honolulu airport got separated, and he was just going. She said, "Well, I'll make sure you get back to your your family," because he was a, he was a special forces guy, so he was doing this stand up thing, and then of course Godzilla, yeah. you know, comes across, and um, the tram almost and then tries to the tram. You know, Godzilla's a hero in the end, but he tried to kill people accidentally on the tram. And then the kid got to go out the, the, the ripped apart, you know, section of the train. And then the Asian guy, you know, grabs him. And then somehow or another, they all wound up back in this place where everybody's looking for somebody. There was a little Asian kid. And the little Asian kid, miraculously, like, the parents show up. Of all those people that's looking for each other, these Tracy, uh, if you want to dig it, Tracy, it, yeah, it made almost two hundred. They made a lot of money, right? It did. It's number five on the box office for you know domestic grosses this year. So it did well. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, right, Malcolm? Well, well, for Hollywood, it's it did well. Bad. Actually, like I said, I actually liked the movie, so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> because, like, I'm like, okay, they made a Godzilla back in the late 90s with Matthew Broderick, right? Uh-huh. Now, that was kind of crappy. That, that, that wasn't that good. This time around, they actually put a story in it. You know, they, they, they gave you this backstory with Brian Cranston, and, you know, I thought that actually set the tone for the movie, and it made it a little more serious. And maybe that's what you're going to like about it. See, because I like things involving soldiers and armies and fighting, and, you know, <laughs> that appeals to me. Uh, I don't know. I think you also have, I think you also have a very, I don't think you get to express it enough, but I think you have a very creative mind. And so when you watch something that's like, like Godzilla, I think it fits in with your intellect. Do you know what I mean? Which, which I appreciate. I, 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 I think I was just cynical. I was like, ah, I need to learn about the apocalypse, and why isn't anybody teaching? And maybe that's it. Maybe that's my problem. I need to learn about the apocalypse. Oh, by the way, Malcolm, I need to learn how to ride a motorcycle. What? <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, okay. <laughs> Well, there's one has to do with First of all, there's not going to be an apocalypse, Tracy. I keep telling you, it's not going to happen. <laughs> there's going that to could be happen. an apocalypse. There's going to there, be an apocalypse. There, there, there could be a, a, a worldwide influ, influenza outbreak that could take us all out. I believe that, yes. That could happen. But zombies, uh, monsters from the deep, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Pretty much, those are movies. Okay. <laughs> they're good movies. They're entertaining, but they're movies. Okay. So you know. I need to learn how to ride the uh, motorcycle. Well, see, so you, you would have to. You you would have to find a motorcycle. See, I would teach you on my motorcycle, but my motorcycle is a little tall for you. Yeah. 
And, you have um, to be able to put your you have to be able to put your feet on the ground. And you know, I've actually been considering getting another bike, but um, not right this minute. You know, and, and the kind of bike I'm going to get is going to be a different from the kind I have right now. The kind I have right now could, is, is the kind you have right now is what? No, I was asking if you were going to get another motorcycle. Could it fit my legs? <laughs> Well, it would be it would be lower to the ground because I'm I'm looking more for a cruiser type of bike. Oh, uh, right now I have what's known. Back on it. Yeah, you sort of bad, but they tend to sit lower. They have a lower center of gravity, whereas mine sits up a little higher. And see, that's why mm-hmm. for you, I you know I, I could try to teach you on my bike, but you know you'd probably fall over and <laughs> it wouldn't be good for you or my bike. Yeah, and and I have bad knees right now, so once my knees are taken care of, so if anything, I, a moped would suffice. Then. Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> because here's the thing: I just want to make this very, very clear that I don't know where I read this from, but part of survival in the apocalypse is being able to get away, and you will be able to get away in a in a motorcycle. You can technically get away in a car, too. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 Malcolm, no. Mm-mm. A motorcycle, you can sliver <laughs> in and out. So, since you, since you want to into this whole apocalyptic thing, you, 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 never, you never watched The Walking Dead, huh? Well, I did watch one episode. I did. Um, I watched the, the one episode, I think, like I saw it with you that one time. Um, but at the time, Malcolm, I was not interested in survival skills. So <laughs> I am now interested in survival skills. Well, there's a lot that goes with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Malcolm. We have to say goodbye. Okay, well, it's been interesting. So, um, it's always you should probably interesting. Wa- I, huh? I should you should, watch. Pro- you should probably you should probably rewatch Godzilla. It might it might make a little more sense. With no, that, huh? no, <laughs> like, no. Godzilla is too Talk fresh much. in my head. I do need to watch Roll War Z because that is a movie that keeps coming up for me, and and there must be something in that movie that I need to see because spiritually, spiritually. You know, you know, I come from a different world in terms of, like, how I look at things, and maybe that's why I looked at Godzilla so cynical. But spiritually, World War Z keeps coming up. So there's something in that movie that I truly need to see for some, for some reason. I'll figure it out after I see it. And, but and you've never seen Godzilla? it, huh? Godzilla? No, I've never seen okay. it. No. Okay. Okay, because <laughs> okay, World War Z was written by Mel Brooks' son, Max. He was, he's the guy yeah. who wrote the graphic novel. And yeah, and it's a very interesting. I I like the story because you know it shows zombies that actually run fast. You know, as opposed to like The Walking Dead, they don't run that fast. You can kind of get away, but yeah. a lot of times you don't. But in World War Z, oh, you can't run faster than the zombies. They're faster than you. So it, it's it was entertaining to me. But I'm entertained by all these kind of movies, so I'm a little less. Mm-hmm. Uh, cynical when it comes to them, you know. Yeah, and just before I let you go, Desi just tweeted, because um, she hears me talking about the apocalypse, and she's like, that's where the apocalypse is going to come from, all these machines and our dependency on technology 
like that will this film. Well, now, honestly, now that's also a possibility. Oh, because that's the Will Smith's film, I, Robot, which was a good movie. Well, and, and, and if you saw I, Robot, I, Robot gets into artificial intelligence, and that actually is a fear. Uh, Stephen Hawking has spoke about that, um, saying that if we ever allow computers to take over, you know, and allow artificial intelligence to really come to, to light, what we might end up finding out is that the, the computers, the artificial intelligence might decide that human beings are a problem. I mean, and, and that's been the theme of a lot of movies. You can even go back to the Matrix. <laughs> human beings are oh, a virus. Wait a second. And we, wait we a second. We can, I don't know if this is ever made into a movie, but we can go back to the book, 1984. It was made into a movie, yes. Oh, but that's, that, 1984. I didn't see the movie, but I read the book, and that was the beginning yeah. of addressing some issues that, by the way, will come to light, will come to light. Oh, no, a lot of those issues have already, are already here. You know, Big Brother yeah. is watching. That's where that line came from. It's not about Big Brother watching. It's going to be like, it's going to be about like Siri falling in love with her owner. Like, that's a movie that just came out, come to think of it, her, her. You know, but he fell in love with her, but I'm talking about the technology falling in love with their owner. Like, that kind of crap is going to go down in a minute. Are you talking about that Joaquin Phoenix film where he's, he's in love with the computer? He, he, I think it's something with his iPhone or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's but he was in love with weird. his iPhone. I didn't see that movie. He was in love with his iPhone. But I'm literally talking about the ability for technology to, like, get a personality, fall in love with, you know, their, their owners, and then um, even – becoming catastrophic, like, because how dare you cheat on me? Like, your iPhone gets really, really mad. And because everything's synced up, you know, that the iPhone can ruin, like, everything, your credit card, your bank, blah, 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 you know, because it uh-huh. got jealous. <laughs> well, and, and again, again, artificial intelligence mm-hmm. may not be the best thing for human beings to investigate. It's good we, it's good we have computers to help. But if we ever try to enlighten them and make them think on their own, they may decide that we're expendable. So. Right. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, the film is called Her, A-T-R. That's what... Um, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm familiar. I didn't see it. At Kirby, 1985. Okay, Malcolm, you were great today. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, Richard Jordan. Richard Jordan just said the movie's called her, which I didn't see. And again, because I'm worried about the apocalypse, technology is going to, is going to be a form of apocalyptic um, event. So that might be another Potentially. Thing. I mean, there's so many things that mm-hmm. could wipe us off the planet. It's, you know, it's, it's, who's to say? Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we're smart enough to try to prevent this, you know, and when we're looking at global warming, and, and even though a lot of people don't believe it's happening, I think the weather patterns, you know, more than show that we're having problems. And if it's proven to be man-made, we need to try to at least try to address it. Yes. Well, and, and you're right. Like, we're having flooding in areas we hadn't had in 100 years. You're right. There is a problem with global warming. And so... A lot of things need to get addressed and maybe curtailed a little bit so we don't have catastrophic events. Now, might we see it in our lifetime? Maybe not, Malcolm, but it doesn't mean 50 years from now, 60, 70 years from now, 
with technology moving as fast as it's moving, oh, there's going to be some major issues coming about. Yeah, we, I mean, you never know. I mean, we, it's possible we do see it in our lifetime. So I, I, I'm not ruling anything. I, I think that, we, you know, we all have a responsibility to try to, you know, to act better and do something about this as opposed to pretending like it's not happening and continue to destroy the environment. Just a thought. I agree. I agree. Okay, Malcolm, I'm going to let you go. All right. I hate it's been to nice, do it. you're, you're such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Not a problem. You have a good day. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that was Malcolm, the Ordinary Sports Political Guy, and you're up, Lavender 11, young Hollywood. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm finally back. Back, back. Well, you were actually back last week. Um, I didn't click on you in time, and then you hung up, and I was like, no, so then you can't get back on again. It was, it was a nightmare. So, yeah. How are I, you? I have been having it a little bit rough, this Mercury retrograde, I guess. Just it's been, been a bad Mercury sick. retrograde. It's yeah, been a just bad, bad Mercury retrograde. Sick and weak. <laughs> and what are you doing? Are you sleeping? Are you drinking some fluids? What are you doing? Well, this weekend I'm sleeping. Good. Finally, I didn't. I didn't go anywhere today. <laughs> I stayed in the house. <laughs> good, good. Well, let me tell you, Lavender, you and Desi, you you guys are developing your own fan base. People love when you guys want. <laughs> you guys ask all the right questions. It's just amazing. So, uh, you and Desi, Lavender Eleven and Desi are young Hollywood. I'm putting them both in the same category because you're both in the same <laughs> age bracket. And you're developing your own fan base. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So getting back to you, sleep, sleep, stay in, sleep. And here's yeah. my thing, lavender, mm-hmm. make some chicken soup. Chicken soup is very, very easy. You know, chicken, carrots, you know, potatoes, water, season it. You know, leave the noodles out if you can because it's too much pasta. It's the broth of the chicken that makes you feel better. Listen, I'm not doing all that. I'm going to Boston oh. Market and getting chicken noodles. Oh, <laughs> lavender. <laughs> I swear to God, if you get a big pot, put some chicken in it, pack it to a carrot, pack it to peas. I don't know what else you could put in it. Let it like just simmer for like an hour and a half, and just drink the broth. It's that part that is the most medicinal. But you can buy camel chicken soup. It's not going to work the same way with all that sodium and preservatives. <laughs> but relax. Get some. Get some sleep. Relax. Watch some Netflix or cable, and you know, do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's my it's it's been so busy. I don't know if I told you, but I finally moved out of my crazy family members' uh, housing situation. That's part of the problem. Yes, you didn't tell me. And yes. yeah, I I moved, I I kind of pulled a fast one. I moved out on the thirtieth, 
and I didn't mm-hmm. tell them that I was gone until all of my things were here in this new place, and they Good raised so much hell. They even Fuck. had the nerve to call my grandmother trying to get mm-hmm. information out of her. Now, and, can I ask you something, Lavender? Mm-hmm. Did we talk about this? Did we talk about, yes. like, we did? Good. Yes. Because and if you, told me you to, had given them warning, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I talked well, to now, I was, I was going to say that you told me to, uh, to save up money because something's going to happen yes. where I'm going to move out sooner because I wanted to move out in July so that I can move by myself. Yes. I'm living with roommates now. But okay. I found out how much extra money they were actually getting from me, and that pissed me off so <gasps> much that I just left. Uh, good for you. I, I was you. I was so, I was so angry. No one knew I was moving until I had the U-Haul van that morning, and until That's I texted right. them after I was here. That's right. That's but, right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just Good been a lot of stress. <laughs> and I think I think the worst is to live around family. I actually did the same thing, you know, years ago. My son was seven years old, and. I had just become unemployed, and I called my dad, and I was like, listen, I need, my, I need help with rent. And my dad mm-hmm. was like, listen, I'm going to help you with rent, but I need you to move closer to the family. That uh-huh. itself was a problem, because I, I thought going to Jersey was far enough. It turns out I needed to go further, like California. <laughs> so <laughs> I come back to Staten Island and lived underneath my cousin. Now, I don't mm-hmm. think my cousin ever knew that I had a problem with her. And I think to this day, that's the problem that we're having. She never, ever knew I had a problem with her until I went to live under her. And I cried to everyone. I was like, I can't live with this cousin. Like, you guys don't understand. Maybe I never verbalized it, but not this cousin. And so, as it turns out, no one wanted to hear me because I, I – I, I can't explain it, but they needed me, and so I moved in. It was catastrophic. I stayed there for a year, and similar to you, I was like, I'm getting out, and I'm, you know, I only told a few people, and I left. I left. And when uh-huh. I left, she, she then accused me of all kinds of things. You know, I yep. left the house of mess, which I didn't. Do. I didn't. Right. You know, I, I'm not that type of person. I've never left any place of mess. Like, I'm morbidly clean. And so, but to this day, it caused a, to this day, it caused a big rift in our family. However, I just shouldn't have been here in the first place is what I tried to tell everybody. Me and this cousin would still be friends if I didn't live under her. And I tried to tell the whole family, nobody listened, blah, 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 blah. So everything happens for a reason. Oh, but I'm glad you're up out of there. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I can't I can't wait until this retrograde is over and uh, uh, I don't know <laughs> I'm over. A it, lot done. of people have been affected by this retrograde. I I'm gonna toot my own horn. I'm gonna knock my head, you know, knock on wood. But I'm knocking my own head. I was not as affected, but I know the minute I get off, something catastrophic is gonna happen. But I was pretty lucky <laughs> this Mercury retrograde. <laughs> but oh, give me a question. And- and, and what? speaking of catastrophic, I do have a personal question, but after I ask okay. the celebrity question. So okay. I All saw right. your Shia LaBeouf video, and I was so yes. sad for him because yeah. I feel like this is another Amanda Bynes, 
where at first mm-hmm. you kind of feel like maybe he's joking or putting on an act, and then you see yes. that there really is something wrong with him. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's one of, mm-hmm. well, well, no, you can go ahead. Well, here's the thing I was going to say. Amanda Bynes <laughs> is a sick girl, is. Mm-hmm. She will forever be on that. She's, she's acting up again on Twitter. She's acting up again. It's no. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing with being sick. Being healthy means you have to take your meds. Most times, they don't take their meds. They mm-hmm. take it, they feel sick, they get better, but the meds always make them feel bad. And so they stop taking it, and then the antics, which doesn't surprise me, rises up again. But I vow, because Amanda is so sick, I vow never to do another thing on her. Like, I don't care what happens. Nobody asks me. You know, this is a mental issue. And so it's just not fair to look into mm-hmm. that all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're right. This is the male version. You're right. We were saying it's the male version of Lizzie Lohan, who has no. her faculties. Right. This, this, Amanda. Is, this is Amanda. There's something it's Amanda. going on yeah. with him. And I actually wanted to ask a follow-up question because they, okay. you guys actually brought up so many people I had questions about. But he had I an know. interview a couple of years ago or maybe last year where he said something really strange about his mother. He said that his mother is the sexiest woman alive, and if she oh. wasn't his mom, he would have had sex with her and married her. And he said, this sounds really weird, but I really love my mother. And a lot of these child stars have had traumatic childhoods or just traumatic things happening to them while they're working. So I was wondering, you know, what's really going on with this mom obsession? Now, you're you're on my Twitter feed, aren't you? Uh, Sort of. I don't really go on Twitter, though. Oh, that's why. Um, one of the other Twitter followers, uh, the, the numerologist um, mm-hmm. Twitter, I think it was this morning that she, po- or maybe last night, I get a little confused today, yesterday, um, that his dad is a sex offender. Yes. Something about he was a clown, something like that, and I don't know if he molested or God knows, you know, God knows what this man did. So... You know, apples don't fall far from the tree, Lavender. Uh-huh. Unfor- like, no, maybe I shouldn't say it that way. I feel really, really bad because there could be somebody else out there that has, you know, some stuff like this in their families. So let me apologize. It just seems like in this case, in this case, there's some similar stuff going on. Well, you know, he was, um, it was reported, he had this girlfriend, I don't remember what her name is, but she's Asian, and he was always very nasty to her, like verbally abusive, possibly physically abusive to her. Mm, God. And, and people would talk about how he was on sets, how he would drink all the time, and he would get into yeah. fights, and even like... Even one of the nicest people on set, Tom Hardy, said that this guy is nasty. <laughs> he he said he's a nasty person. I had to punch him out because he's so he's so wild. So it's like, how did he get there or get to this space in the first place? 
I, see, but here's the thing. Like, remember, he was on Even Stevens, and so he mm-hmm. wasn't the main character. He was the annoying right. brother, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Mental illness doesn't show up right away. It didn't show up for Amanda Bynes, but she always had it in her. Mm-hmm. Drugs tend to bring out a lot of mental illness. So it just depends at what level, and he took a particular drug, and boom, it's out there. Uh, it's just that now that it's out there, you can't squeeze that. It's toothpaste. You can't squeeze it back in. Mm-hmm. It's just that with his type of mental illness, although maybe with a lot of people's mental illness, having a spicy tongue, being nasty, being verbally abusive, drinking a lot, I think it's, it all runs the gamut. It's all a part of, like, who you are, including having a, a, a foul mouth. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine that Amanda was a nice girl once she, once her mental illness via drugs had come out. I can't imagine that she was. I, I mean, I can I see her going fuck you to people, fuck you, mm-hmm. fuck and fuck you. Like I see that, you know. But a boy, a boy is going to be more assertive, more aggressive. He's going to show his manhood to other men. But with that wow. being said, what's the question? I guess the the question is, well, I mean, you you kind of already answered it because, I mean, to me it's obvious that it's a mental illness, so it's something that, you know, he was born with and then it came out, you know, usually in your your 20s after puberty. But, well, I guess in a a gossip sense, Mm -hmm. does he have a obsession with his mother. <laughs> Gross. Um, <laughs> Gross. Oh. Is his mom Asian? What is, is his mom Jewish? No. I think his mom is Jewish. Yeah, she is. She doesn't she doesn't look like any of the people he's ever dated. Maybe that's why he was mean to them. So uh, gross. Yeah. It's so gross. Let me see if he has an obsession, a weird obsession with his mom. Let's see if anything shows up. Um, the cause aren't showing me any deviant behavior behavior with his mom. So mm-hmm. it could be one of those interviews where in the moment he went loopy. You know what I mean? Like he went there, it was loopy, but it wasn't really him. I'm not really getting that there's any deviant, you know, thing toward his mom. I can tell you okay. nothing will ever happen in that way between him and his mom. I promise you. Okay. Um is he weird? Is he weird? Does he say weird things? Yeah, he's weird. But um, would he ever do anything derogatory or physically, like, to his mom? It has to be, I have to say it that way. To his mom, I have to say no. And it could okay. be also because he loved her that much that he probably does revere her, that he would never, never, never hurt her. If If anything like that would happen, he would probably have to kill himself because... He truly does love his mom. That's what I'm getting from the card. Well, that's a silver lining. <laughs> I was like, no, what am I going to see? <laughs> oh, my God, please. 
All right, give me your question then. Let's go on to you. Um, Let's get off the hand. Actually, uh, (laughs) uh, over last weekend, um, I was actually getting my brows done. And there was a tarot reader there, and she gave me a free reading. Um, I basically uh-huh. asked a question about a, a specific job, and mm-hmm. that was positive news, like far in the future okay. positive news. But she okay. mentioned that there may be the – the tower card came up for a month later, that there may be something that happens that I didn't expect, blah, blah, blah. And then the moon card came after it, and it's emotional upheaval, et cetera, et cetera. But uh-huh. so I took that in, and when I tried to read myself to get a glimpse of what that could be, I didn't really get anything. Um, okay. So I was wondering, um, you know, if there's supposed to be some, I don't know, catastrophic event, you know, within a month, what would it be? Okay, but you asked the question based upon a job or no? I I asked the question based upon a job, and she mm-hmm. gave, I got the Nine of Cups. Well, actually, I got uh, the Queen of Swords and then the Magician and then the Nine of Cups. And she essentially mm-hmm. said that this job is coming to me, but that I would have to really fight hard for it. And then mm-hmm. she just, out of nowhere, just said, oh, I, I see the tower, too, in a month. Oh, but she didn't say it was related to the job. No, she didn't. Okay, so you want to know where is the tower showing up in your life in about yes. a month's time. Okay, let's look yes. at that. Where's the tower showing up for lavender? What does it mean, three? My first impression, um, lavender, as I'm pulling the cards and I go with my intuitive impression, it has something mm-hmm. to do with you moving away from your relative's home. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's my first impression. I'm, you know, I'm pulling the cards, and as I pull, I, I go in, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, and that was my first impression as to what the tower means. So let me see what the problem is. They really need to stop trying it. I'm tired of them. <laughs> I really am. Um, excuse me. Oh, I was actually looking for the tower. The tower did come up. It didn't come up in my first ten, right? But it mm-hmm. absolutely did come up, which is concerning. So if I look right. at the first ten, um... I see judgment. I see some fighting in your environment, fighting with, like, up to five people, up to five people. The chariot God damn. Mm-hmm. Up to five people. But, you know, fighting could mean verbal. It could mean, like, why am I, why am I talking to you when I had a problem with this person? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you in this? Mm-hmm. You, you know, right. and it's not We're, physical oh, fighting. Oh. It's just... oh, okay. Oh. That makes no, sense to you? Something popped up. So I have... This is basically my grandfather's side of the family. I met them for the first okay. time in 2005, and when I moved here in 2012, I started to get to know them, and I lived mm-hmm. with them for a month in 2013, and I got a job, and then I came back and lived in their building from October yes. to, to, to May. <clears throat> mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. When I moved out, 
the female, like my actual blood cousin, the female, I, I do get along with her. It's her husband who's the problem. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been speaking to any of them. So what mm-hmm. she did is she got other family members from her side of the family to contact me, my grandma, and my dad. Okay. And it's kind okay. of like something really manipulative because I actually get along with them. So they're bringing the people I get along with to force me to speak to them. Okay. All right. There's a couple of things that are going on. I feel like it's your home environment, the tower. That's why I feel like it's your home environment. Maybe let me, let me back up. I, I'm not saying it's where you live right now. It has everything to do with where you came from. So you left there May 30th. Yes. Or 31st or whenever that was. Okay, okay, before June, which was really good because that's before the retrograde started. So kudos to you for um, maybe not knowing that, that, but it was a good, good thing to do. Um, it definitely involves families that get the Ten of Cups. I also get the mm-hmm. Eight of Cups, which means I'm calling everybody. I'm calling everybody. So once again, I feel like it's a scenario I just gave you with my family where people could rise up against you, Okay. However, mm-hmm. something's lost and something still remains. For some reason, there is a guy in the middle of this and a female that could be very wealthy, your cousin and her husband. All right? Mm-hmm. Of course, money's involved because of the Ten of Pentacles, and she thinks she should be holding money. So you, listen, I'm not blaming you. I'm just going to put it the way she's feeling it. You compromise my income. You compromise me. That's what I feel like she is saying. With that being said, Lavender. I have to mm-hmm. say, watch your back. I have to say, watch your back. I think at the next family gathering, you could be in trouble. There is, oh, that is so funny. There is a family reunion, their side, um, that my dad is going to. And I love my dad, but I don't trust him. Yeah. I told him I told him that I because you know that I I've had a job for a long time and I didn't tell anybody. I told him that I finally told him that I had a job two weeks ago. And the first thing he did was call them and tell them. Oh, that's what I mean. Somebody's calling this person, that person. Oh God! Which and she thinks she should like. You say that you pay more rent. She's like, well, I gave her a price based upon her income, and she cheated me. That's what's going to come out of it. What well, and. And, and you know the funny thing about that is when I moved in, I didn't have a job, and I only wanted I to know. stay there for a couple of months because yes. I did have interviews, and I got a job mm-hmm. that November. And mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me. And they told I offered to pay the utilities because I didn't have any money, and they gave me right. a quote unquote donation they wanted me to make. But I found out that the donation I was giving them. Section 8 was paying for everything in the house. Mm. So, they, so they were making extra money off of me, and then later on they tried to raise I the rent, and they tried to get me to pay for the upstairs neighbor's utilities. And that, I, and when get I it. And they actually put a bill in front of me that helped me see how much they were trying to cheat <gasps> me out of money, and that's, that's how I finally figured out, wow, I really am paying utilities and more for this entire house, three floors and a basement. I get it. Okay. <sighs> I get it. 
I get it. Well, <laughs> here's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with, you know, I know this. Okay, I, I'm just going to speak my authentic truth. I think you're dealing with a lot of ignorant people. I, they I are. don't think oh. they're. Thank you. I don't think they're going to come out and announce that they're cheating you. They're going to come out and announce that you cheated them. Like, they're that type yeah. of people. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, I'd have to say, Lavender, watch your back at the next family gathering. Because there could be some physical, you know, physical shoving here. At first, the hell? The concert, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, okay, it's about money. People get loopy when it's about money. Always, always. People get loopy when they're it's all, about they're money. They're already crazy. They're already There not. you go. But it could come to the... It could come to the level of um, the violence. Like you're at a July 4th, everybody's drinking, and, you know, one person says something, and boom, that person's going to get all the support. You're going to be left, like, who's got my back? And it could turn physical. Now, right, because anybody... this, mm-hmm. this is their family. This isn't my family. That's right. That's so, right. Oh, oh. So I have to tell you, be be careful, be conscious. Of it. I feel like something's being thrown at you. I don't think it's a a punch in the face. I think something's being thrown at you. You know? <laughs> so I would say just for right now, things uh-huh. could get better. I don't see it getting better right now, but things could mm-hmm. get better because that's, you know, family just tends to work it out later on. Um, there's a couple of things I want you to watch out for. Today's not a good day to mm-hmm. think that you can go to a, a, a family event and be safe. Even right. afterwards, be careful on how people then tend to like you, even after then, because even then it could be a setup. Oh. Jesus. So, I'm not down well, to you know hearing what? you. I apologize. but No, I, no I, want, I want it to be blunt because no one has been yes. able to tell me, well, what is this? Because I, I like to be for, forewarned. And yes. I mean, I'm just happy that it has nothing to do with my job. Family, I can deal with it. Don't take my job away. <laughs> What's your sign, Lavender? Sagittarius. Oh, and, and oh, the, husband, the husband is a Taurus. Yeah, you can get that. I don't really care for family. The husband is a Taurus, and the wife is a Virgo. And I, oh. I mean, my my grandma wants me. My grandma is a Leo. She's very vengeful. She wants me to turn them in to the authorities. Oh God. Okay. But oh jeez. Oh. I I just I just want to let it go. I just you stay over there in Jersey. I'll stay over here where you don't have no one. They don't have my address unless my dad gave it to them. So I just right. want them to stay there and me stay here and you guys be what, what radio over there. Uh, I was in Newark and they were in Hillside. Okay. All right. Yeah, you know, I'm from Montana, New Jersey, so I know Jersey very well. So I would just <sighs> say fire beware right now. Your family can't be trusted today. So I have a question. Is it just them or is it also anyone on my side of the family with this specific situation too that I have to watch out for? Well, I get a little concerned because I I see where you wind up being cautious and which means they can't get to you and then 
you know, they start being nice to you. I don't know who they is, but even that is a setup. So one, two, three, mm-hmm. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Family, family. I keep getting family. So with that being said, have a talk so with your dad. Have a talk with your dad. Your uh-huh. dad is a potential problem. Uh, he is. He really is. Oh, my God. Okay, there you go. Your dad's a potential problem. Have a talk with him. You have to be like, listen, listen, you're my dad. You're going to have my back, or I'm going to kill you. Like, you need to, like, tell him, don't do this to me. You're my dad. He, the tower, he, the tower keeps showing up. Mm-hmm. He's the mm-hmm. reason why I left his house in the first place. Oh. He, he really just doesn't get it. I love I love my dad, but he really just doesn't get it. And well, I, he's I know smart with that. He's, he's, he's the very, one that's going to turn you in. See? And, and, and I noticed that when I came home, after I lost mm-hmm. my job in Chicago, mm-hmm. when I came home, I noticed that his personality was so different. He didn't feel like my dad anymore. Mm. Wow. And 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 he's basically the reason why I I picked up and moved to New York with just twelve dollars in my account. That's how bad mm. I wanted to get away from him. Mm. Oh. Oh. Well, he shows up as the main character. I get two other women that mm-hmm. um I get a woman next to him that's also a problem. Does he have a girlfriend, a new wife, anything? Some some freaking gold digging broad. I, oh. okay. All right. Well, <laughs> sorry to be derogatory no, towards my fellow women. <laughs> I, I I think that there are women out there that are thinky hoes. They know it. <laughs> and and I think I think okay. she's one of the I think she's one of the main reasons why his attitude has changed. Because when I was struggling and he offered to help me out, you know what it is? I owe him money. Oh, okay. All right. That's what it is. When when I was struggling and I I actually had job offers in this area, New York, New Jersey, and my mm-hmm. dad offered to give me the money to relocate. And when I called this set of cousins, if I could stay with one of them, because I have three sets here who are well-established, mm-hmm. they make a lot of money, they all said no. And then mm. when I finally moved out by myself and I had to move for my job, my dad gave me the money, but then he changed his mind and turned it into a loan. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I, mm-hmm. now I see. I, mm-hmm. It's probably because he probably wanted me to pay him right away for the relocation money. So now he feels mm-hmm. like, oh, she's making a habit of not paying people, quote, unquote, so let me just help them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the girl that he's with, she's no better. She likes to keep trouble going. So she's one of those that constantly talks about stuff, you know? She... This this lady, they've been on and off since I was young. My dad was never married to my mom. My mom was trifling too, but she's mm. she's a little bit better than what my mom was. Um, but she was introduced to my dad via my crazy aunt that no one likes and no one trusts in my family. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like a string of crazy money grubbing people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Lavender, listen, uh, this is a hot mess. <laughs> and here's what I can tell you in, in mm-hmm. to deal with family drama. Mm-hmm. Watch your back because it's like when you have a problem with a friend, you know what to do with the friend. You know exactly what box to put her in and where to place her. And if you decide to readdress that relationship, you open up the box. You're like, did you change? Because I'm, yeah, I could, I could kind of do this again, but you, I need to know mm-hmm. if you change. That bitch don't change. You put her back in the box. You set her off to see. You can't <laughs> do the same thing with family. Well, you know what? Mentally and emotionally, I can. It's just my other family members don't want me to do it. Uh-uh. They're uh-uh. trying to force me to, to still keep no. in contact with these people. And I'm like, you guys haven't spoken mm-hmm. to them since 1986. Why do I have to speak to them? Why do I have to? Why am I the representative? Yeah. Here's the thing, Lavender, again, uh-huh. I appreciate where you're coming from. I'm a, I'm a native New Yorker, so mm-hmm. it might be just that spiciness from New York, New Jersey people. Like, I don't think people understand how bad families can be in the New York area. I don't know if you're a native, yes. but yes, you are, you are a native. Oh, well. no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm from California, but I've dealt with family members from different sides of my family up here. Mm-hmm. Awful. Completely awful. I've never seen anything oh. like it. Okay. So let me apologize. They're native of New York. Uh, they, some of them are, but the ones that I'm dealing with right now are actually mm-hmm. from North Carolina, but they moved oh. up here a long time ago, so, you know, they're already gone. Listen, Desi, Desi, we're probably related. My people originated from, on my dad's side, from North Carolina. We're probably related. Oh. But but interesting enough, I don't attest to that side of the family. My other side of the family are West West Indians. I call myself Islanders, you know, an Mm -hmm. island girl. But my point to you is New Yorkers are crazy. They're nuts. Yes. And, yes. and they, fight, they fight for no reason. Like, you're like, like, you can't even order, like, a deli sandwich without there being a fight between you and the guy behind the counter. And, and they feel like the crazy things they do is actually normal. <laughs> this is it, not normal. It is normal for them. It is normal. <laughs> it's crazy what's so normal. Like, I can't tell you how many times I go home to New York and it's a, like you like you literally have to walk into somebody's apartment. And you're like, yeah, bitch, I'm here. So, so, what you got to say? <laughs> They'll say something, and let me tell you, I got to be prepared to throw it right back at them. And you got to oh. land it. You you have to be able to land it. You have to be able to walk in and go, booyah, took you down. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> That's why I'm in California. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the heart to have a lifetime of this fighting with my family. And even my family right now, they kind of go, oh, you got to be strong to be in, you got to be strong to be in this family. Okay. No, 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 you have to be crazy to be in that family. That's what they really mean. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I'm leaving. I, I'll show you guys. I, I'm such a coward. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Lavender. I'm, I am. Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye. 
All right, Lavender, I better get up out of here. They're making me do my All job. Right. <laughs> so, listen, Lavender, uh, if, if God wills it, um, maybe I could be in New York in August. So mm-hmm. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> I come home I mean, every I'm, year. I'm hoping <laughs> I can make it to New York. Um, I'm just happy that it has nothing to do with my job. Other than that, no, I'm no, no, good. no, no, no. Oh, by the way, your job never showed up. I pulled the card twice. It was always family. Good. <laughs> All right, girl. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Take it easy. Bye-bye. 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 Okay, everyone. I apologize. They're making me do my job. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you like the show. Um, I am noticing that every time I do this show, I need to redevelop the format. Um, I went way too over with Malcolm, so I apologize. So I'll make sure that we stay within time frames. It's just that I happen to notice when we go off topic and it gets, like, hilarious, then there seems to be a lot more to talk about. Um, By the way, please join me on Twitter at Pop Culture Psychic because I look at my Twitter feed while I'm on a show. So something, if you like Twitter me and you like Tracy Scott's feed, I need to, you know, I need this. Then I'll make sure you're on for the Saturday reading. In any case, I got to go and I apologize. This is Psychic Tracy Brown. Please call me at the Green Man store for your own personal reading to 818-985-2010. 818-985-2010. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's a pleasure. Bye.